Hello everyone and welcome to the grand season one finale. Sarah just done 20 and I'm not going to be 20 anymore in a few months, or oh, a few weeks, what is time? And in honor of our last 10th episode of our podcast, we've come up with 10 things each that we have learned that make a total of 20 things that we have learned at 20. So enjoy. So we're each going to take turns and share some potentially very questionable life lessons. But yeah, introductions, as I've said, are boring. So Nina, why don't you start us off? Of course, there's a certain extent to how much we know at 20. (laughs) But this is a podcast where we have talked about pretentious things. So (laughs) please do indulge us and pretend that we know something. So (laughs) speaking of which, lesson one that I have learned is I learned how to be alone. And I think this is especially relevant during these times um, of aloneness and isolation. Um, And by alone, I guess I don't mean being an independent human being, being an independent adult. I think I mean to be okay with spending time with myself, to be okay with just being alone with my thoughts in a room, um, to read a book by myself, to sit by a lake by myself, to go for concerts by myself. And Of course, there have been moments of discomfort where I've just been sitting at a cafe alone and a waiter will be like, oh, is anyone joining you? And I think I've learned to have the courage to smile and say, no, no one will be joining me. It's just me. And I have had to stop myself sometimes from like talking to a friend if I'm feeling especially alone or putting on a podcast so that it sounds like there are more human beings in the room. Um, But this is something that I am much more comfortable with and I've honestly really learned to enjoy just me time. I really, really appreciate that. And on a similar note, I always say, go on long walks by yourself. Um, sometimes I feel like we, we spend all this time with other people and perhaps our own voice or thoughts or creativity can get drowned out. And when you're hanging out with people and always with people, it's like you're part of this grand orchestra and it's lovely, but your individual voice or sound never shines as bright. And so long walks by myself always incite creativity because there's no other influence other than my thoughts and the world around me. And yeah, it's just the most personal and healing thing that I can do to just be lost in the world only with myself. And I think because you are an only child and you've grown up in all these different parts of the world, you're just naturally very, very good at that. And I truly believe that once you are comfortable being just alone with yourself and are able to take those long walks, uh, you will be a much happier person. Speaking of which, I have also learned that dark chocolate, good music, and a hot shower fix around 95% of my problems. I think working on myself and putting my head into my work fixes another 3%. I still don't know how to deal with the 2% that's remaining, but I know I'll get there. Oh, I love that one. That one has saved me through some really difficult moments in college. And I, I, I absolutely agree with that one. Um, my The fourth advice, I don't want to call this advice, but the fourth point I have is... um. Always run for the bus or train, you can catch it. And I mean that both in the metaphorical sense and the literal one. Like, sure, I'm sure the green line will be coming in, you know, the next seven minutes, but you could just run and catch it now and be seven minutes early because you took a risk. Um, I don't know if that came off as philosophical as I intended it to, but uh, it is also about my love for public transit in general. 
If she has a bus to catch at 4 p.m., she will wake up at 4 a.m. and she will eat her breakfast and pack her bag and literally be out the door at like 4.20 a.m. ready to catch her 4 p.m. bus. <laughs> that is like a 20-minute subway ride away. Trust me, I have been there and it is one of the most endearing things about Sarah. Anyways, um, what did I learn? I learned that finding your passion is truly as glorious as they say. And I think growing up, you start hearing this as a 13 year old like oh what do you want to be when you grow up what's your passion come on find something that you're passionate about and you know I always associated that with stress and that and a passion became something that I felt I could never achieve and most recently I think I I I'm, I can now say that I have found my passion and, you know, learning all about UX and design, it has given me the motivation and drive that I've needed. And I have felt so good. I have felt like I have a purpose, something to look forward to when I wake up. And honestly, work doesn't even feel like work. So I I 100% agree with that. And I've experienced that too. Like there is a different kind of fulfillment you feel when it's just you're passionate about this a strain of art or knowledge or whatever it's like nothing is giving you that sort of happiness besides like yourself so I I completely agree that's it is very glorious as you say and I'm so happy you found your passion um the sixth unuseful thing I have to say is that not is that a word unuse yeah that is a word not useful the sixth not English um never stop reading books that's ironic anyway um never stop reading and I think only those um who read are successful and um I I read I had a phase where I read like all of A Song of Ice and Fire <laughs> and so George R.R. R. Martin famously says like yeah, something I'm butchering it but it's like a reader lives a thousand lives and those who don't only live one and all my life, I have read for a lot of things, but for empathy has been the greatest one. And for a greater understanding of both the joys and sorrows which exist in the world, reading has made me appreciate a great deal of romantic beauty within everyday life. As reading has also matured me to understand the nuances of misery and loss and see that there is so much suffering and greater depth into the world. But I think we just become more human through our journeys with books and I absolutely would not be who I am if I hadn't read the amazing literature that I have. I mean, look at Sarah. She's a mechanical engineer and she's also a reader and she's passionate about both things. And which leads me to my next point, which is just, it's not always necessary to fit a label. You know, you don't have to be someone who fits a stereotype or fits a box because human beings love doing that human beings love stereotyping people love associate like if you are like this then you must also be like this it's natural it's comfortable it's the known but what i have learned is that it's okay to not know you know it's it's okay that you may not always find answers and that maybe that itself is an answer and i think college has really really taught me that that no one needs to fit in any kind of box and everything is a spectrum so <laughs> yeah i completely agree with that i think labels were just created at a certain time period but they're in no way timeless representations of the human condition and i think it's ridiculously natural and should be much more normalized to just not fit labels but anyway um the the eighth quote-unquote point that i have is about the importance of being kind to loved ones and I, I don't necessarily mean this in the cliched sense but it's something that I've recently uh been I don't know English something that I've been witness to 
I see a lot of people who pride themselves upon being good, kind souls, and they're lovely to strangers upon the street and to their friends and to the people they work with, but they can just be so awful to their loved ones. And something that I found to be so true within human nature in general is that it's so easy to hurt the ones we love the most, and with the greatest ease, we'll say worse things to them than to our greatest enemies. And you know, while it's excellent to be kind to strangers and coworkers and friends, it's equally essential to be kind to the ones we take for granted because that's really where compassion starts. I feel you are so wise for thinking this. My mom actually told me this recently and you know, my mom has had like many, many years of experience to come to that conclusion and you were 19 two days ago and you have come to this conclusion. So that's amazing. Um, on the same note, I, I do want to say one thing I have learned as a kind of bonus subset to this point is that always be kind to wait staff, to customer service representatives, to remember people's names, remember secretaries' names, remember cabin crews, smile at janitors, you know, anyone who has felt at some point invisible in their lives. I have a friend who does this so beautifully, so genuinely. It's not like a point she makes where she's like, hi, Robert, how are, you know, like she knows who Robert's kids are. She knows that it was Robert's wife's birthday yesterday. And the way that she interacts with these people, it is honestly, such a beautiful thing to observe and the second that I meet someone who treats anyone badly it's just so downing off so on that note networking uh oh wow networking what a stressful thing I learned how to network this year I think especially given the state of the economy and the fact that I am a rising senior and I need a job at some point because life um it's networking has been something i've always been petrified of doing because i never believed that i had the capacity or skills to ask for favors i'm just really bad at asking for things i feel also as a woman it just makes me feel like i shouldn't have to ask for things or you know meet friends of friends or sending people linkedin invitations but you know after living in cities where I have known a total of maybe one person and leaving with friends for life, connections and future opportunities, I know that I can say that I I know how to network and I can congratulate myself. Networking is absolutely terrifying yet deeply essential for life and yeah it's definitely one of those skills which you need to push yourself to work towards and I need that. Anyway, uh, our 10th quote-unquote point is, this is completely unrelated on like a completely different note, but something I've always told myself is that I should always stay up to date with current physics. And to me, it's just learning to speak the language of the universe. You're such a nerd and I love you. That is all. <laughs> My next point is not about theoretical physics, but an accomplishment that I am proud of nonetheless. I learned how to make scrambled eggs, pasta, rice, steamed vegetables, guacamole, and pancakes. Only from pancake mix, though. The reason that I'm proud of these is because until, like, a few months ago, I only knew how to make things that required just hot water, and even that I somehow managed to mess up. And I think now I want to become more independent. You know, I've been lucky most of my life that I haven't needed necessarily to learn how to cook, but I am going to need to know that very, very soon. And so this is a goal of mine, and <laughs> hopefully I'm going to spend the next few months increasing this 
quite frankly, pathetic repertoire of food. Okay, on a similar note about cooking, okay, this is very relevant. This is my personal and most essential advice. Never start watching baking shows. It's honestly such a downward spiral. You will not be able to stop watching and then you'll just hate everything you cooked. My friends made me watch The Great British Bake Off and I've never been the same since. And it's just, I just wish, I just wish I could be the person who I was before, but alas, I'm not. Watching MasterChef Australia at age 11 and then eating ketchup for dinner was really not a good move. (laughs) But I digress. Um, On a more serious note, I learned that I underestimated myself a lot. Like, a lot. And we can psychoanalyze why another episode, but I think... Over the past few years, I have learned that if I do put my mind to anything, whether it's calculus or opening a beer without an opener, I I can do it. I can do it. The 14th quote-unquote point we have is that the greatest method of leadership is to garner respect through companionship. And while it may be exceptionally efficient to incite a lot of fear into your team members, um, I've learned that the long game is always won through respect. I'm currently watching Suits and I feel like Lewis Litt's character kind of reminds me of the situation. The man is just so lonely and just wants to be friends with Harvey and Ross, but instead incites fear in all these junior associates. And okay, I'm watching way too much TV, so I'm gonna I'm digressing. <laughs> Point number 15 is that I learned how to stop starting my sentences with sorry and ending them with thank you. I'm still learning how to say no. I think that's something I want to get better at. I've always been a people pleaser, but this year I said no to people I didn't want to give my number to, no to situations that made me uncomfortable, no to people who tried to come back into my life, no to just one more. And I have felt so much better. I I really appreciate that. And I think how we speak truly does influence how we view ourselves, how we perceive the world around us. And I think that's a really powerful tool. Um, The 16th quote unquote point that I have is that I've learned that the key to good public speaking is clarity and silence. And clarity flows from slow speech, which is well enunciated. And exercising silence is how you command a room. Wisely choosing your moments of slowing down and speeding up is how you incite emotion into your words. And lastly, I've just learned that it's essential to be dignified, be loud, and be unapologetic. Wow, even when you were reading that, I felt like you were saying that so articulately and you were enunciating every word. And now I feel the need to just tell everyone to drop everything they are doing right now and watch Sarah Kamboja's MUN speech where she does exactly this. She is the most eloquent person I have met, just like the grace that is her mother. So watch that. (laughs) Um, Point 17 is that I learned how to put myself first in unhealthy situations and literally just cut out toxic people. And this has been something that I think I first identified a year ago when my mom made me listen to this podcast on covert narcissism. And I realized I have a lot of these covert narcissistic people in my life that just take up a lot of my time and energy. And I don't realize that they are feeding off my positive energy. But 
I, I just felt exhausted in those friendships and in those um, other situations. So, yeah, it hurt to not have those people in my life anymore. And I second-guessed myself a lot. But at the end of the day, I'm here. I'm happier. I'm healthier. I have amazing friends and relationships. So, yeah, I owe it to that one podcast my mom made me listen to on COVID narcissism. So check that out as well and see if maybe you have any people in your life that are like that. I think one thing I've learned from Nina as well is just the importance of having strong relationships in your life and how life-changing that can be. Sincerely, Nina has some of the most enriching and positive friends I've met and I've had the pleasure of meeting them and she has really taught me that a great part of your happiness really just does come from the people you surround yourself with. Um, so yeah, it's wonderful to see that. The 18th quote-unquote wisdom I have is that, well, what I've realized in, in my limited existence that extremity in any sense is a path to guaranteed failure. And I think we can all attest to this in some way, even just scientifically, that the universe respects balance more so than anything else. Um, you know, when we're in 11th grade, we learn about Le Chatelier's principle in chemistry. All systems want to tend towards equilibrium. That's why when you have a hot drink, it becomes cold. Or that's why when you have an, a balloon, it starts to deflate over time. Um, but yeah, it's a very fundamental uh, principle in, in, in physics and chemistry and biology and everything. And it shows us that balance is always respected, regardless of anything. And Shakespeare said this in Romeo and Juliet, and I really appreciate this quote, which is, these violent delights have violent ends, meaning that anything done with a burst of emotion, done with like some form of extremity, will always have an equally grand death. Something which is so passionate will have an equally sort of passionate end. Love it when you quote Shakespeare and a fundamental chemistry principle at the same time. Get you a woman like Sarah. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, that's that's you in a nutshell. Anyways. My 19th point is that I learned that home for me is many places. Home for me is the India Habitat Center, and home is the smell of anoki cotton. Home is a small bookstore in Paris and the scent of old leather. Home is my dorm room at NYC at 10 a.m. when the sun streams through the windows. Home is also Rinconada Park in Palo Alto and the smell of organic lemons and the smell of the sunlight on the leather car seats. Um, but the point is, I can wax poetic about all these things that home is, but no matter where, home will always be within me. And that's why I have the ability to identify with so many places. You describe that so beautifully. If anyone didn't know, Nina is a poet, obviously. Um, but those are such beautiful and vivid descriptions. And I can also completely relate to that. It's the idea that home isn't just one place or one thing, but it's all the things along the way that have made you you and that can be scattered across the world. Um, but yeah, I absolutely relate. And you just put that in such a beautiful way. The last point that I have is that Again, in my very limited existence, I have learned that life is ultimately a process of letting go 
And I suppose I've known this for a while, um, but it's only now that I've come to feel the weight of this. But I've seen that as we grow, we we let go of friends, homes, clothes, dreams even. Um, We let go of childhood and old memories. We let go of college once we graduate and all those late night adventures. We let go of our parents and cities that we've lived in, people, our favorite spots to go and watch the sky. I don't know. Um... And that's just sort of the process of life from what I've experienced. And of course we find new things and fall in love with them too. But then the time will come and those things will leave us and things will change again like they had before. And I think living that knowing you have to let go of things is something essential for me. I think it puts a lot of my emotions and my life into perspective knowing that everything is quite transient and impermanent. I've also learned that the letting go, however, doesn't need to be sad because just because something existed in the first place made it meaningful. It doesn't have to be permanent to be a meaningful part of your life. Um, Like even in a relationship, you let go of the honeymoon phase and then you enter something greater, realer, more beautiful, whatever that is. Um, But yeah, something I have just learned is that nothing lasts, neither pain nor bliss, so let us heed the words of the Eastern monarch, King Solomon, when we say, this too shall pass. That was so beautiful. I really have no words and nothing to follow up with that. That's just like, we should end on this point. It was so beautiful. I think it's really relevant, especially during this time where a lot of us have had to let go of things, um, whether they're small things like not being able to say bye to your friends, not having that senior year, not not going on that trip or not getting that internship, whatever it is, like living with the idea that you have to let go of things, that everything is, is transient, is not just a tattoo that you get on your wrist. Everything is temporary. It's something that you have to believe in. And there is a principle, um, a Buddhist principle called anhasrita, which is similar to what you said. So yeah, absolutely beautiful. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this and getting through our 20 points of wisdom. Um, On a more personal note, I want to talk about this podcast. This podcast has really done wonders for me. It's given me a sense of purpose, a sense of motivation, a break from work, a reminder that good times are still to come. And most importantly, it has brought me so much closer to my own best friend who I thought I could not get closer to because we are already so close. But we have. I've talked to Sarah almost every single day of quarantine and um, yeah, it's just, it's gotten me through. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey with us. I'm so proud that we started this with a goal, 10 episodes, one season. And in 3.5 months, we have done exactly that. We did the damn thing and we couldn't have done it without your support. So shout out to everyone who has listened to this. Um, and thank you. Yeah, I guess this is the end of season one. But like Nina has said, thank you so much for listening and tolerating us especially. Um, All of these episodes have just come out of real discussions that we've had and loved. And hopefully they've started conversations for you with friends or families or in my case, various bathroom mirrors. But truly, thank you so much for listening. This was our way to simulate real life conversations during this difficult time. And again, thank you so much. Um, And as always, lots of love from Sarah and Nina.
I was going to end our podcast there, but I was scrolling through our footage and I came across so many just chaotic moments, which I think really capture our recording process really well. So I just wanted to share that at the end. But thank you so much, Nina, for just being the best and making this just the most fun process ever. I love you and enjoy. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean you can make bread? Oh, I recorded that. Oh, okay. You, oh, okay. Okay of our podcast <laughs> it involves being on a DJ. i'm not looking at you i don't know <laughs> yeah this is just gonna be a shit show okay you know what i'm removing your face from <laughs> 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 fine i'm fine no <laughs> no you got this